On the show today, I'm joined by not one, but two very special guests. First up is dancer and choreographer extraordinaire Aaron Cash. Then I have a chat with Nashville's newest star, Australian actress Rainey Blake. All that and more on today's show. So don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the brand new episode of Benjamin May McKay's Talk To Me. I'm your host Benjamin and I couldn't be more excited to have Aaron Cash and Rainey Blake on the show today. Now Aaron has been on So You Think You Can Dance, he was Schur's lead dancer for more than 20 years and now he is one of the choreographers of Ballet Revolution, which is touring Australia right now. It's going all around the country. You can get your tickets now. There's a link in the show notes. And uh, here's my chat with Aaron Cash. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Now, Aaron, what inspired you to pursue a career as a dancer? <laughs> my mother. <laughs> my mother. I was eight years old, and my mother made me get a dancing. <laughs> she was persistent enough to make me keep going because I hated it at first, and, uh, you know, it'd be raining outside, and it'd be like, oh, it's too dangerous, we can't go, <laughs> we can't drive. And she'd be like, get your bum in the car. Um, but, you know, after about three or four months, I got bit by the bug, and I, and I fell in love with it. So I really have to give credit to my mum. And has she been able to see all the, the wonderful performances and, and career goals you've achieved? Uh, quite a few of them, without a doubt. I mean, you know, <laughs> as a young man... My mum got to travel with me when I danced with Cher. She got she toured through Europe and America. Um, you know, she she got, it was funny because I remember one time we we were touring through Europe and she was with me for about three months. And um, you know, the band and everyone, my dogs are going crazy right now. Oh my gosh, sorry about that. That's all right. Um, so we we're on the tour bus and I'm with the band and you know the guys like to to have the medicinal cigarettes. Uh, smoking away and my mum goes oh those cigarettes smell funny I'm like yeah, yeah they do I think maybe secondhand smoke she put her in a quite a happy mood um, <laughs> so my mum had a lot of different tour experiences <laughs> with my career now as you said you did work with Cher for, for about 10 years how did that eventuate and what was it like yeah. working with such an icon Oh my gosh! Amazing working with her, and I was lucky enough to work with her because I um, I worked with a guy called Kenny Ortega. Uh, he'd saw he'd seen me dance in class, and he was auditioning for. I was at a you know this dance studio, and there were lots of things going on at the same time. And basically, he saw me dancing. He was like, "Well, where are you from? What's your story?" And the next thing I know, I'm assisting him. And then my, my visa had run out run out in, in the states, so I um, I come back to Australia. And then after a month of being in Australia trying to make enough money to come back to America um, I get a phone call from Kenny he's like what are you doing I'm like oh, I'm in Australia you know he said well that's too bad because um, I've got this tour happening with Cher and I've told, I've told her all about you and you'd be amazing for it and I, I was like oh well unfortunately I can't make it you know I've got commitments I'm dressing 40 seconds through I'm dancing in a nightclub and he's like oh okay um, that's too bad so I hang up and the, the person I was staying with at the time said what are you nuts <laughs> I called him back and say hey look do I have the job or not so I called him back 
he said, as far as I'm concerned, you've got the job. But she has final say with everybody. And, you know, you kind of have to be at the audition. So the audition was basically the next day. So the people that I was working for, I told them the situation. And they were really good enough to... to um, to find me replacements, and then my mum was great. She she gave me enough money to fly back, and and then I flew back. Got in that day. It was a Thursday. A friend of mine picked me up, took me to the audition, which was out in Malibu. I auditioned for the show. There were like 350 people there. Kenny's there holding the audition. You know, they usually when in that in that sort of thing, you know, you go, you learn the routine, and then. Girls go first, they'll do it like four or six at a time, and then, and then you know, so you go through everyone that's there. So that's what happened. Then they make the first cut. So we all did that. They sent us outside to wait for about 45 minutes. They brought us all back in and they said, okay, when they make the first cut, they said, you know, Michelle Rudy, Steph Ford, Troy Burgess, Aaron Cash, well, you guys have got the job. You can sit down and watch everyone else audition. So then we got to watch everybody else audition after that, which was amazing. And I had super long hair at the time down to my waist, and, and she just started calling me Thor. Um, and this is, you know, <laughs> before the Hemsworth boys. <laughs> this is like an 88, 89. And uh, that's what she, she, you know, she was my Australian Thor. Um, and... That was sort of the sort of what's kicked it off. It was sparked my career definitely in America, and then certainly working with her. And that was a ten-year relationship. And even to this day, I'm still in touch with her. She's performing in Vegas. We went to see her not so long ago, and she's just wonderful. She's a really good human being. That's so lovely to hear. And you talk about going from Australia to America. Do you think a performer can have a, a full-time career they can live off in Australia? Oh yeah, yeah. I think they can absolutely. I think it. I, I think there's less work opportunities there because the population's not as great, and I think that's why there's a large amount of Australians here that come to America because it's, it's such a huge population, which generates more opportunities. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, I've got a lot of great friends that I grew up with that are maintaining careers in the theatre there um, and, and, and stellar careers. Um, sometimes they might have to teach, but, yeah, you can. It just depends on, on how driven you are and your focus. Um, I think luck has a bit to play with it as well. Um, but it's, it's, I, but having said that, there's certainly not the, the amount of opportunities that there are um, in Australia as there are in America, and I just think that's a population, you know, has to do with population. Mm. And, and speaking of opportunities, you've also appeared in, in TV shows and films like uh, Titanic and Terminator and, and Farscape. Was acting something you particularly enjoyed? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've always done, you know, dancing, acting and singing from uh, all the, the same time all my career. You know, when I, I grew up in Brisbane, I was in youth theatre from the age of about 10. In Brisbane youth theatre, I started with that probably about 10, you know, and just continued it on. And then went to performing arts school when I got to, you know, moved back to Sydney. All my family was from Sydney originally. I was born in Sydney. I'm in Brisbane. But um, I moved back to Sydney when I was about 15. Um, and I went to Ross Roscommon's Performing Arts Studio, which later became the Sydney Performing Arts Centre. Then you know, I think they ended up going bankrupt. But it produced quite a few good people. I mean, Georgie Parker is probably the most famous person that it produced. Um, you know, she's still a good friend to this day. But it was, it was wonderful because it was all, you had amazing teachers all in dance and all the different styles of dance, you know, ballet, you know, jazz, tap, modern, and then acting and singing. Um, it was a really incredible place. It was in Castlereagh Street in Sydney. 
Unfortunately, it no longer exists, but it was at the time, it was amazing. Hmm. And we're here today because you, you've chore- choreographed a Ballet Revolution, which is about to tour Australia for, I think, the second time, and that opens on April 27th. What can you tell us about that show? Um, yeah, actually, it's the third time, which is kind of crazy, which is really wonderful for us. Um, you look, you look it, it, it's a wonderful show. It's high energy. The Cuban dancers, I think, what's so... I think Australians relate to it in particular because Cubans, like Australians, are just all heart. They give you everything they have. Um, and as an Australian dancer, I know my generation is very much like that. You know, it's, it's always, excuse my... Um, vulgarity but balls to the wall you know and the Cubans are the same way they give everything they have and they don't hold back and I think Australians appreciate that we appreciate that in everything um, in our sport in our life you know we're, we're such a broad country and, and, and very passionate and the Cubans are the same so you know you come to see this show look you're not reinventing the wheel it's not you don't have to think super hard about it it's popular music it's watching these amazing athletes do incredible things to popular music and it's fun it's it's the main thing about the show is it's joyful i was just in germany i don't know about a month and a half ago cleaning the show before it came watching or less a month ago cleaning it before it comes to australia and what struck me with the german audiences and that's the beautiful the beauty of dance is you know the, the language is not involved it, it speaks to to every every culture is the joy there's so much joy in the show and people really resonate with that and you see these these dances these beautiful dances sacrificing their bodies doing amazing leaps and jumps and people respond and, and literally saying like wow you know and I guess wow must be <laughs> they say wow in German as well because I heard it a heck of a lot when I was there um, in the audience um, so I, I think the joy and the passion is really what translates and what people will get from the show and clearly it's done very well all around the world do you think when something becomes so successful there could be a tendency to become a little bit complacent as a performer oh look absolutely um I think we've gone through that period. Well, it's been about eight years for us, but uh, this version of the show, I feel this is sort of our rebirth and we've lost, well, not lost, I should say, I think, you know, dance is such a finite career. So, of course, you know, you're always getting new people coming up because, you know, people's bodies were out. I think the group of people we have right now and, and the particular choreography that's happening between myself and the other choreographers and another choreographer that choreographs as well, the Cuban choreographer in Rockland. Um, for me, this is the best version we've ever done. I think the formula is really great. And we, we've, it's like anything, it's, it's an organic thing. So it's, it's had its periods where they've been low and it's had its periods where it's been high. And I think it's, it's rejuvenated itself again. And it's, it's sort of a, in a, a rebirth stage. And, and when I look at the show now, I feel... It's the strongest version we've ever done. Well, that's certainly good to hear. And finally, what advice would you offer to any young people who'd like to pursue a career in dance? Um, I would say to them, that's a good question, very good question, Um, and I get asked it quite a bit, you know, if it's something you burn for, it's a finite career. And if it's something you're obsessed with, you wake up, thinking about it, you go to bed thinking about it, every moment is thinking about being a dancer, then do it. Don't let anyone stop you. I mean, everyone told me, you know, I was a fat kid, I had flat feet, you know, I, I failed most of my exams. 
Um, but there will be very few dancers in the world that have danced. You know, I'm, I'm not barista by any means, but I dance with him. You know what I mean? I, I've sort of danced with the upper echelon um, because I didn't really listen. I used people's criticism as more as a fuel, and I think be resilient. If something you want and you burn for it, then follow that, listen to that voice, because there's always going to be critics. So while they're criticizing, you need to be creative and keep creating, and that's all that matters. Um, and, and if you stay on that path and, and you know you work hard, then things open up for you. Um, but that's life, you know, that's the grind of life. It certainly is. Well, thank you very much for your time today. It's been great talking to you, Aaron, and I wish uh, you and the show all the best for its upcoming Australian tour. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time to speak to me. That was my chat with Aaron Cash. Now, I'm very excited to bring you my interview with Nashville's newest star, Rainey Blake. Now, Rainey is an Australian actress who did a show about uh, Joni Mitchell and toured that to great acclaim both here and in the States. And uh, because the Australian industry is tiny, we had actually met a number of years back in Sydney, um, which we, we both discovered as we, as we sat down for this interview. But uh, I talked to her today about her music, about moving to the States, about the show Nashville, and a whole lot more. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy my chat with Rainey Blake. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Benjamin. It's my pleasure. Now, what inspired you to pursue a career in the arts? Wow, that's a big question. Um, my mother is an actress, and I grew up in the theatre going to see her in shows and watching her um, in different films and, and, and TV shows, and her mother before her was also an actress. So it's kind of been in my blood for a long time, and... Um, I always loved to act since I was a kid, and I begged my mum to get me an agent when I was about eight years old. She finally committed me to do it. She wasn't really a stage mum, so she was a bit hesitant about about me getting into acting. Um, I think because, as we all know, it's a pretty pretty rough career to choose. Um, then I just got into music after that and just fell in love with it. And for me, it was just never an option not to be a creative person, not to pursue a career in the arts. And did you do a lot of training to try and ensure that it worked out for you? Yeah, I went, I did about three years at university. I went to Sydney Uni. I did um, the jazz program at the Conservatorium of Music. I did that for two years, sort of part-time, um, while studying English as well. And then I did... Uh, a creative writing and jazz course at UNSW. I was kind of hopping around doing um, doing education in my own way because I didn't feel like the traditional drama school or music school really served all the different facets of the of creativity that I wanted to explore. So I kind of just went at it in my own way and did a lot of courses and studied with a lot of different acting teachers as well as studying um, at university more formally. But I found that that really allowed me to have time to really take it all in and, and learn in a way that would be, would help me in the long run to be like a lifelong learner, kind of teach me how to um, have good 
self-discipline and that kind of thing because it wasn't quite as structured as a regular um, drama degree. So, yeah. And from that, would you say that you're still learning today from the people that you work with or work for? Totally. I mean, being an artist, yeah, you never stop learning. And I think part of what makes an artist of any medium great is their ability or their willingness to be humble and to take on any kind of lesson from any area of their life and, and blend it into their art. I think that that's so important. And even when you talk to actors who've been acting for 50 years, you know, they're still learning every day something new to make their work more authentic, to make their work more honest. I think it's really important to, to approach acting and music, for that matter, like a beginner with an open mind and a willingness to learn. And, and speaking of beginners, what would you recommend that younger people who are looking to pursue a career in the arts actually do to help make their, their dreams and goals happen for them? Hmm. I think persistence is really important. If you're, if you're going to do something, it's like a combination of knowing that you're good, you know, you have this self-belief, and then you continue to work hard and persist and improve yourself and improve your art. And then you've had someone else, an outsider, not just your parents, although parents help a lot, <laughs> but having people in the community who respect you and respond to what you're doing and having a positive response from people, I think that all of those elements are going to help you so much. So you can't just be blindly walking into it um, thinking you can have success because it is really hard. I mean, it's still hard to to um, find success in this career, you know, even if you are. So I think working hard, showing up every day and working on yourself and on your art and, um, and putting your work out there as well because, you know, the more work you produce and the more people who see your work the more likely you are to improve and to um, start making a name for yourself. Mm. And I suppose speaking of sort of just blindly showing up, did I read somewhere that you were once invited to audition for, was it The X Factor or The Voice or one of those type of shows? What do you think of that sort of way to, I say, fame, but, you know, you get the idea? Yeah. Well, I I wrote an article about this because I found it to be a really interesting topic so, yeah, someone, I guess, had seen uh, a gig of mine and had asked me to come and audition for The X Factor. And I decided to do it. You know, I wasn't sure if what I would do if they did end up offering it to me. Um, and I did end up pulling out from from doing it. From Like, I did the audition and I pulled out. Um, for me, I just find those shows, they're based so much of... Um, the idea of success is based on comparison, on comparing yourself to another person. I mean, you're basically um, in a competition to decide who's the best. But for me, music and art is, is you can't compare yourself to anyone else. And by doing that, you're giving yourself a disservice. So, I mean, I respect people who want to go on the show and that's their path for sure. And it's been amazing for so many people. A friend of mine, here in Nashville, Cassidy Pope, she won The Voice a few years ago, and it's been amazing for her. So I totally am, like, supportive of that. But for me, I don't like supporting that idea of comparison. I think it's detrimental to 
to the way that we view artists and the way that we support other artists, which I also think is really paramount. Well, I think the way that people support artists has changed. I mean, in the past few years, the introduction of Netflix and over here in Australia, Stan and in America, Hulu, do you think that's changing the way people consume and respond to different shows and films? Yeah, it has changed so much, hasn't it? I mean, even sharing music now has become so different as well. People don't really buy music anymore. It's all on an open platform. Um, I think it's great. I think the more, especially for artists coming up, the more information you can absorb, the more films and TV you can watch, the more music you can listen to, the better of an artist you're going to be. So I think it's, I think it's amazing. I think it's really cool how technology has has helped us, um, yeah, become better artists. And speaking of something that streams on Hulu, Nashville, the show which you are currently in. Um, is sort of co-funded by Hulu, at, at my last knowledge. How did you end up on this show? Because last I saw you out here in Australia doing a, a very good show about Joni Mitchell, but it's, it's a bit of a leap. It is a bit of a leap. Um, I actually wrote my Joni Mitchell show, which is a, a one-woman show about her life and music. I wrote it in, the, in an attempt to create my own work for myself, to have a platform where I could showcase what I, my talent and what I had to give. Um, so I toured the show around Australia for five years and then you know, I moved to LA about a year ago now um, after a few trips back and forth doing my show, putting my show on in LA um, with the hope that it would lead to a job, basically an acting job. And that's what, that's what happened. I did a show in LA and a uh, a casting director from Lionsgate came and saw my show and loved it and came again the next time I put it on. It's a show that my manager helped me helped me put on. And then when the role came up for Alana on Nashville, my manager was able to use that connection um, to help get me in the room for the audition. So I might not have even gotten the audition if it wasn't for my Joni Mitchell show. So that was amazing and such an amazing way for the story to progress from those humble beginnings, I guess. And, uh, yeah, it was a three-part audition process, including I had to sing quite a few songs and play guitar, and then there were scenes. And, uh, yeah, ended up getting the part, which has been amazing. It certainly sounds like it. And, I mean, in addition to obviously filming the show, you've also been able to play at the Grand Ole Opry, which I assume is sort of the pinnacle for, for musicians, especially those with a, with a country or folk uh, focus. What, what was that experience like? It was insane. It was so freaking cool. Um, yeah, totally come true. I mean, it's almost 5,000 people in the audience and just the history of the stage and the history of the Grand Ole Opry is so immense. Um, it was it was amazing. I got to sing and play with some of the other guys from the show, and we had this kind of super group sort of thing as a premise on the show. That was so much fun. We rocked out. I got on my knees. We're playing guitar, so it was it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. And I believe that they filmed that for, for some sort of release later on. So hopefully, people who couldn't fit into the uh, the Opry or we couldn't make it will uh, get to see that a little bit later on. I hope so, yeah, I hope so. 
Now, obviously, the show is is entering its its final run of eight episodes, and and you joined four episodes ago. Have the fans? Because I know fans of Nashville are fairly dedicated. Um, I mean, they did in fact save the show. So, have they sort of embraced you? Have you seen that incredible uh, fan response? Oh, it's been absolutely amazing. The fans are great. Um, although my character gets up to a little bit of mischief in the next couple of episodes, I don't know if they're going to turn on me. <laughs> Hopefully not. But yeah, the fans have been great. I mean, the show is amazing. Like they, we get all of us actors get to play music and and act and collaborate. It's really a complete dream come true, and to have the fans respond so positively to the work that we do. And we really do pour our hearts into into the show. There's a lot of love from the cast and the crew. It's an amazing group of people. So it really does feel like a big family, and especially with the fans as well. Everyone yeah, has been really supportive. That's so lovely to hear. But the show is, as I said, coming yeah. to an end. So what what's next? Are you going to stay in Nashville and focus on music, or will you move back to L.A. and, and tackle pilot season? Pilot season is pretty much over, so I don't feel too mad about missing it. It's, it's a pretty brutal time to be in L.A. Um, but, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Nashville still now, um, just wrapping up a few things. I'm playing in a few different projects here in town now um, and about to start recording my EP. So I'm going to be releasing a four-track EP in July when the uh, second half of the season airs. So I'm really looking forward to putting out some of my own music and to let the fans kind of get a, a taste of something different that I have to give, which is not quite as country, a little more um, old school soul meets 70s singer-songwriter kind of vibe. So it's a little different to what people have heard me do before. So I'm super excited to be putting that out there. That sounds great. And, and talk to me a little bit about the process. So obviously, you know, you write music. How, how do you narrow it down to four songs? Because I assume you've got quite a large catalogue of, of music to perform. It's, it's hard. Um, I still haven't quite decided on the four songs. We're, we're still talking about um, which ones are going to be the strongest. It, um, yeah, it really it depends. A lot of it has to do, uh, for me, with subject matter. Like, what do I want to say at this point in my life? And what do I want to put out into the world, you know, from my perspective? And then the continuity of the songs as well. Like, I want there to be a through line in the four songs in terms of, like, the genre. I don't want it to be too um, far apart. So those are all things to consider, for sure. And obviously, with Nashville, you record songs for the show... In, in character, though, so does that make that recording process of those songs very different to how you'd record something that you're planning to put out for yourself? It is different, yeah. Um, the character is very, I feel very connected to her. We have a lot in common. So I draw on a lot of my own life when I'm approaching scenes and when I'm approaching songs. And songs, in a way, is just like a different kind of scene. You know, you're still conveying something very true and real. Um, so, yeah, I find that recording is such a tricky process, but 
it really depends on the song in terms of if I'm drawing on myself or if I'm drawing on something that I feel like Alana has been through. And I, it's always just, yeah, really a different process depending on the song. Now, you did mention earlier that you, you sort of started in a theatre-based setting. Is theatre, I mean, or even musical theatre with your music talent something that you'd like to return to and look at again? Definitely. I mean, musical theatre is really my thing, but I love combining music and theatre. So there's a slight difference. I know you, my show is its more like you're at a concert with Joni Mitchell rather than... Um, it being kind of larger than life, like a lot of musical theatre is. To me, just things that are real and down-to-earth and vulnerable and connect with people, that is what excites me. And so whether that be TV, film, music, touring with a band, whatever it is, I just I feel like if the writing is really good and if the project is exciting... Um, that's what matters to me. It's not so much the medium. Um, I'm excited that I get to do all the things I love, and that's what's been great about being on the show is that it's allowed me to continue to do my music while delving deeply and learning a lot about my acting art. Um, so I hope to continue to do that throughout my career, um, you know, record an album and then go make a movie or whatever. Uh, I think that'll be... An exciting way to live my life. <laughs> it does sound fantastic. And now that you do have that slightly higher elevation of, of fame with all the Nashville fans, would you consider retouring your Joni Mitchell show? Because the Nashville fans certainly do come out in hordes for the concerts. They do, and I have thought about it. There's a few kind of tricky issues with copyright in America, especially in America, but it's a, a little bit more strict than it is in Australia. So. I need to get a producer on board and do it all all legally and right. But I'd love to do it. I mean, I'd love to go and do a run off Broadway in New York and tour around the country. I mean, Joni Mitchell is huge. She, people love her all across the world. And it's so beautiful to get to share her music and connect with people in that way. I absolutely love it. Um but I also have been doing it for six years, so I'm not, like, if something else comes along, I'm totally open to that as well. Six years is a long time to do any one show, believe me. I, I do empathise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now... From my experience of, of being in Nashville, it is a fairly, I don't know, the music there is, is contagious. It's almost like you're, you're compelled to, to be involved in it somehow. Has the vibe of the city made it easier for you to write and perform and, and just create in general? Completely. I absolutely love it here. It's probably my favourite city I've been to in the States. It's full of life and full of music. You can go out any night of the week, any time of the day, for that matter, and see really good quality live music and great songwriting. And that totally fuels you. I mean, I've written more songs since I've been in Nashville than I have in the last year. I mean, it's really inspiring um, to be here. It's a great city. And is there a piece of advice that somebody over there has given you that you've really taken to heart and you think you'll use moving forward? 
Hmm. Um, a piece of advice. I have, this is not quite advice, but I have found since being in Nashville and starting to write with other people, like co-writing music, that's something I've never really done before. That has been a really um, amazing experience and helped my songwriting so much. That's probably something that I one of the main things I've taken away from the music side of being in Nashville that I'm going to take forward with me. It's just opened up my songwriting so much. It certainly is a, a magical city. I, I want to get back. I, 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 it's, right. it's so cool, yeah. Now, for, awesome. for our listeners who'd like to stay in touch with you, they want to get your EP when it comes out in July. They want to hear about all... Well, they want to hear when Nashville starts again. They want to buy the singles. Where can they follow you online so they don't miss any of that information? So my Instagram is what I update most often, and that's um, Rainy Blake. So it's R-A-I-N-E-E, and then Blake. Uh, that's my Instagram handle. Um, on Twitter as well, I'm on Twitter, Rainy Blake, the Rainy Blake, and on Facebook as well. I'm, I'm all over the social media, so it's pretty easy to keep up. And um, they post a lot on the Nashville Instagram as well, on the show's Instagram about what we're all up to. So that's a good way to keep up to date as well. Well, I will put links to all of those accounts in the show notes of the podcast. Rainy, thank you so much. It's been lovely talking to you today and uh, catching up after, what, five years. I know, how funny. Amazing. Well, that was my chat with Rainy Blake. I hope you enjoyed both of today's interviews. As always, thanks to our incredible supporters, Palace Nova Cinemas and Mad Zombie Collectibles. Now, I just got back from the first two Supernova events of the year over in Melbourne and the Gold Coast. I had a great time. There were literally tens of thousands of people at both events. I had a fantastic time hosting so many panels, and I met a whole ton of fans as well up in the Gold Coast. I didn't. If you if you were in Melbourne, I'm sorry I didn't have time to to see you. I was in a mad rush between panels all weekend. But I did have a chance to talk to some fans who listen to this in the Gold Coast. So if you do see me at a Supernova event later in the year, whether that's Perth or Sydney or Adelaide or Brisbane, do come up and say hi. It's always lovely to meet listeners. But uh, Sydney and Perth, the Supernova events are coming up in June. I'll be back. And there'll be guests like uh, Stephen Amell, who's Arrow. Uh, they've also got uh, Richard Dreyfus from Jaws. And there's Kathleen Turner from Romancing the Stone. And... Um, Roger Rabbit. There's so many fantastic guests. I think tickets are on sale now or very soon, but there's a link in the show notes for you to check out. But in the meantime, I'll be back with more episodes later in the month. I've been your host, Benjamin Mamakay. See you next time. <laughs>